do you sort out the so-called jargon from real-world practices that work? Do the members of your organization find some business advice utterly confusing? Welcome to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. In this program, we set the record straight and in terms that people at any level of business and technology can understand. Now, here is your host, Sam Holzman. Welcome to this edition of the 2020s Enterprise. I'm Sam Holzman, and uh, this is going to be a more funner episode. How's that for a good English or well English, depending on how you look at it? Uh, this episode is on what we're referring to process visualization. And when I was putting this episode together, some of my colleagues said, this is what you're going to be talking about in the age of digital transformation, digital officers, chief innovation officers, chief technology officers, uh, cloud computing, um, all of these other magical and mystical things. And you're going to be talking about processes in an enterprise. Man, you are old. Well, I don't call myself old. I call myself a seasoned professional that is getting very tired about all the hype that's out there. And, of course, that's the underlying theme of the 2020s enterprise that I'm trying to bring to you. And in this age of all of those things, digital transformations and big data and cloud computing and any other actions uh, that you're seeing out there, there's one fundamental fact that remains. One fundamental fact. We in organizations are doing what? We are processing data. Now, in the olden days, the technology department used to be called data processing. But now we're called, some of us that are in this area, information technology or chief digitalization, this, that, and the other thing. But you know what we're doing? We're processing data. I don't care what language you're using. I don't care what techniques you're using. I don't care what quantum computers you're using. You're processing data. That's what it's happening. And we hear a lot of talk about the data side because of all this hype going around the data and who owns it and privacy and everything else like that. But you rarely hear about the other side, which is the processing of the data that's there. You know, a data lake or data mart or a data warehouse or data, whatever you want to call it, does nothing until you start doing some processing, you know, that's out there. And it's exactly what we've been doing over the past five decades. Yes, technology has changed. Techniques have changed. All these other things have changed. But what are we doing? Processing data. We may be applying new technologies or new approaches, but that's really what we're talking about. And the reason we call it unlocking your hidden assets is that your enterprise, your business, the DNA that makes you different the competitive advantage that you have is the way that you process data. Now, I'm not ignoring data. Don't get me wrong. But we have to start looking at the other side because that's where the advantage is in organizations. It's how they actually use the techniques, the processes, the methods that they've developed or are out there that they harness to actually use the data to produce new values And what's the end objective? To enable the business strategy as quickly and as effectively as possible. And the technique that we use is a technique we've developed, quite frankly, decades ago, 
but have, of course, over the years updated it and made it a little bit easier to understand because our focus is, as we've heard in the past in our 2020s Enterprise show, human consumability. And what we call this is process visualization. In other words, being able to see the processes and how they interact, both from a business perspective, and we still use that requirement that everything that we show to a business person, a business professional, a stakeholder, needs to be understood by that person in less than 90 seconds. And that is not a joking statement. That's what we need to do. That's the attention span. If we don't get their attention in 90 seconds, we're going to lose it. And we can do that. But we're not going to get it by putting in front of them a three-ring binder that's three inches thick with hundreds and hundreds of pages of text. And by the way, whether it's 70 pages of text or 17 pages of text, we can't see it. We need a different way to do that. And that concept is what we refer to as process visualization. And this approach is something that we use in organizations when we mentor them or work with them past the initial enterprise architecture activities. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't apply process visualization tomorrow in your organization, but coupled with the the Enterprise Architecture Center of Excellence, EACOE, Enterprise Architecture Methodology, or the Business Architecture Center of Excellence, BACOE, Business Architecture Methodology, the benefits of that are compounded dramatically. Uh, That's there. And what are we actually trying to do? We're trying to learn and understand what are the value-added processes that make your organization unique. What are the value-adds? We want to harness those. We also want to be able to logically with a scalpel and not logically with a meat cleaver remove processes that don't add value. And those could be manual processes, mechanized processes, or a combination of both. We also want to understand the cycle time for each process, what it takes to do that. And even more importantly, we found, what are the delays from process A execution to process B execution? It's something that Brumler Brace, the two consultants, uh, coined managing the white space in the organization. In other words, the dead time. We want to be able to visualize that. And if we can visualize that through a series of very basic, understandable graphics, the impact is incredible. Your eyes can see the things that are going on and the questions pop up. So, for example, the time it takes to do a process may be a minute, a half a second, three minutes, an hour, Yet the delay time between process A and process B is three days. Well, what's going on? That's dead space. That's entropy. That's waste. And you can visualize that very, very nicely. That's why we call it process visualization. We also want to understand the processes that need to be engineered. I do not use the word re-engineering because most people's processes, unfortunately, were never engineered in the first place. That's a fact, unfortunately. So you can't reverse engineer something that wasn't engineered in the first place. 
But we can apply some technology, some method, some process to bring efficiencies there. And then, of course, the last thing, once we see what's going on through the visualization, we'll need to develop and implement an improvement plan on that particular area. The other thing I want to mention to you, and we're not going to cover it in, in this particular episode, is a concept that we've been talking about and implemented with a number of clients that we call a process warehouse and a process distribution center. And this comes out of the work, uh, the seminal work, uh, that was done by Bill Inman in data warehousing. Data warehousing. Many, many years ago when when Bill uh, uh, developed these concepts and presented them, it was one of the most brilliant pieces of work that I have seen in my career that was done. And as just as a side story for a moment, I remember sitting down with my brother-in-law at dinner one evening, and I said to him, I said, Jay, I just wanted to mention to you, one of my colleagues has developed this concept of warehousing and has brought these concepts to the technology world. And he looked at me and he said, hey, I don't do warehousing. I do distribution. The whole techniques and processes and methods about distribution are radically different than warehousing. And he got pretty excited and animated about this. And I said, Jay, settle down a minute. Have another adult beverage. I didn't say that that way. Well, maybe I did. I don't remember exactly. But what he did was explain very, very quickly the difference between distribution and warehousing. Notice the analogies I'm trying to bring to you, and I've tried to bring to you throughout our weeks together at the 2020s Enterprise. And I said, Jay, I said, you brought this concept to me, and now I start understanding why in the data world, people have started to talk about other things that augment the brilliant concepts of data warehousing. For example, data distribution centers. Or Claudia Imhoff, Dr. Imhoff, came up with a concept for data called operational data stores. Well, guess what? That's the same analogy of warehousing and distribution being different things that are out there. So, for example, in the physical world, a warehouse is a big building that has lots and lots of doors on one side. And that's because the objective of a warehouse is to store a lot of stuff. A distribution center will tend to have these massive doors on both sides of the building. So bulk stuff comes in one side of the building is put into the distribution center, moved around, mushed around, (laughs) and things like that. I don't know if Jay would appreciate my technology activities described as mushing around. And coming out of the other side is is those same products, but in a different mix. Distributing. Distributing is what we're talking about. So the buildings are different. The technologies are different. The equations are different. The mathematics are different. The sciences are different. Everything's different. So we see on the data side that we're picking up these concepts from the physical world about distribution and warehousing. But to my surprise, as we're sitting here, we have very little discussion about process warehousing and process distribution. 
Well, to us, it looked like a huge miss. Maybe it's not as fashionable. I don't know. But it's vital, as I mentioned before. You can't have data sitting there doing nothing. You have to provide, you have to do something with it. And that doing something with it is processing. So, of course, we've developed and, and executed and implemented with clients around the world the concepts of warehousing of processes that we can use to assemble solutions to order and distributing those processes the same way. And the concept underlying this is first understanding what's there through this concept of process visualization that's out there. So as I mentioned, I'm not going to continue our discussion about warehousing or distribution of processes. I want to talk about the fundamental beginnings of this, which is being able to visualize the processes are there. And there's going to be many audiences for this that we have to remember. There's always going to be, and the easiest phrase I can use, the person responsible for the process. And, and sometimes this gets people all crazy. Process owner. Well, somebody has to be in charge. <laughs> uh, and, and I don't care what you call them. The process custodian uh, doesn't matter to me or uh, the key, key individual. Somebody has to say, this is sort of mine and I'm responsible for it. And of course, all the people involved in the process, whether that's process improvement as a team or individuals. And more importantly, after that, we have sort of like uh, people that are involved in quality assurance. They can look at the process, visualize the process from a different perspective that's there. Strategic planners on how they can look at their strategy and couple business processes to the future business vision that's out there. And enterprise architects and business architects of which process is one of the six components that enterprise and business architects need to understand. And in this age of digital transformation, as bluntly as I can say it, what are they transforming? They're transforming the processes. As Homer Simpson keeps saying, duh, well, we've got to look at that. We've got to figure out what that is all about. Process visualization. And they're the essence of your organization. Now, let's first start by defining what this term is. To us, a business process are the activities that are performed by the enterprise or the business to create positive value for the business and its customers. Optimizing those processes are the key to gaining or sustaining competitive advantage. That's what it is. That's what we're talking about here. So understanding the processes, for example, a process could be hire an employee, and that's a process name which would require a very specific definition. And coupled to that, is the process flow. First thing we need to do is to get a requisition for an employee. Then we post the job. Then we interview the person. Then we do a test of that person's qualifications. Then we make an offer. Then once that offer is accepted, we go through whatever nowadays Testing is required, physical and otherwise, for that particular talent. 
and then we onboard that employer, employee, excuse me. So that's the process flow. And we can see all of that in process visualization, you know, that's there. And we call this area business process engineering, bringing some engineering disciplines to the concepts of business and business processes uh, that we have there. And the terminology we're going to be using is business people speak, not technology speak. So we're going to be visualizing and presenting these so they can understand these things within 90 seconds. And that's not an insult to anybody. It's a recognition that in order to comprehend some of these things, we have to have that as a bogey that's there. And that's what business process visualization is all about. And we are actually going to do this through a four-step process. And we call those four steps. The first step is visioning. The second is analyzing. The third is implementing. And the fourth is evolving. And to add to this bit of complexity, unfortunately, is that in most enterprises, most businesses, these processes span various organization units. Sometimes it's by design and sometimes by its default. So another variable we have to look at in this visualization is the movement of this process across various organizations because that sometimes is a benefit, frankly, and sometimes it's a hindrance because we have all this movement between organizations are there. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to go into a little bit more understanding of this concept of business process visualization. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here in just a few minutes. Is your organization in the Internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book, Reaching the Pinnacle, a methodology of business understanding, technology planning, and change by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holzman brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. 
Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. You are listening to The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at eacoe.org. That's sam at eacoe.org. Now, back to The 2020s Enterprise. Welcome back. In this episode of The 2020s Enterprise, we're talking about business process visualization unlocking those hidden assets in your organization. And the reason we call it the hidden assets is because there's lots of discussion about one of the assets in your organization, data. And we all know how much controversy there is about who owns what data uh, that's out there. But we don't hear about the other side, which is process. And as I mentioned in the uh, previous uh, segment of, of this particular show, Uh, As far as I know, what we do is process data. Data sitting in a data lake or a data sewer or a database or data warehouse isn't going to do anything on its own. Somebody has to do something with it, and that is a process. And you can call it many things, but basically we're changing the state of the data that's there, hopefully for the benefits of the organization. And business processes are really the essence of your organization. Now, in upcoming episode, we're going to be talking about actually the key to enterprise agility, which is not process, but actually the concepts of events. And once again, we'll be chatting about that in in an upcoming episode of the 2020s Enterprise. People believe they are process-driven. Organizations believe they are process-driven, but they're actually event-driven that are engaged through processes. So an event may be an order is placed. Another event may be an order is placed by telephone. Another event type would be order is placed by fax. Another event type would be order is placed by walking in the door. Another event may be order is placed online. All of those will engage processes and it's a business strategy on how the organization actually wants to react for those event types that are there. And the events are the things that actually drive the enterprise. Another event would be a new competitor enters the marketplace. Another event could be uh, confidential telephone conversations are released to the public. Maybe I'm being a little bit too contemporary there. All of these are events. And the chaos that we tend to see nowadays is that we don't have an understanding of the possible events of our enterprise and where they lead. So once again, in upcoming episodes of the 2020s Enterprise, you'll be hearing about that topic too. But this particular episode is about business processes, the activities performed by the enterprise to hopefully create positive value for the business and its customers. And the objective there is optimizing these processes to maintaining or gaining a competitive advantage uh, that's out there. And we're going to do that through the eyes first of our business people. One of the things that we are recognizing more and more for those that are in the technology world is no matter how much technology you apply to something, if the process itself isn't optimized, technology can only 
make it more complicated or as complicated. Technology is not going to simplify the process. That's going to be done through what you and I are talking about right now, which is business process visualization and optimization. First, we have to optimize the process and then the mechanism. And people still interact various ways. Anybody remember paper? I know we're a paperless society. Paper forms. Now, whether the paper form is on paper or on a computer screen, it's a form that's out there. And if that's the way people see process, then that's what we're going to do. We're not going to be forcing them into a new language that's out there that may be some technological whiz-bang magic that somebody's thinking about. This is about business understanding that's there. And so these four steps that we discussed a little bit earlier, visioning, analyzing, implementing, and evolving, is the process that goes on. And as we look across organizations, we see these, quote, handoffs. Now, whether they're departmental or divisional, or sometimes it's you know for quality assurance or reg- regulations, et cetera, et cetera, there may be various people and organizations involved in this, and that adds a bit more complication that needs the explicit visualization once again. And what we're trying to drive on, drive out there is not just optimization in the department, but in the information systems and the handoffs to make this as clean and simple as possible that's there. We're trying to understand costs, understand potential redundancies, and I know this is an unfashionable term. I use the term errors. People call them tweaks. Some people call them bugs. No, they're mistakes is what we really should call them, and nobody wants to hear that. And boy, they seem to be getting more more and more frequent. Uh, I wake up almost <laughs> this last few weeks, almost every day, and look at my telephone, my cell phone, and see, yeah, it's been updated overnight again. Well, you know what that should be called? Mistakes being corrected, not bugs or not security fixes. They're bugs. They're mistakes. That are, of course, that's not correct anymore. Can't use that. We're pointing fingers. Mistakes are being made. And that's because we have no baseline for addressing and managing change, including the processes that are there. So when a process needs to be performed, for example, a process name could be fill order. And I want to emphasize that fill order is not a process. Fill order is a process name, a process name. It's like having a book with a table of contents without content. And you and I and the business people and the technology people that you work with have to recognize that this is just a name. And without a proper definition, you're going to be guessing making assumptions. We all know what the word assume means that are out there. So what we're looking at is a full visualization of the processes that are there, and then we can essentially optimize those. So the first thing we have to do is to understand that the objective here is to represent in a format that is human consumable a process like filling an order and the process flow which is the activities that go on from filling the order to shipping or receiving the order by a customer. And all that stuff in between is a series of 
You can call them actions or activities. I don't like all this terminology. I just say processes, processes and processes and process flows. All this terminology to me is is baggage that's out there because what happens is when we actually start talking about these things, we start arguing about the classification rather than the content that's out there. So we're going to just call things processes. So we're going to view the enterprise, view the business. By the way, we can do this at a department level, a division level, a, a, a segment level, whatever we like as a, a series of processes. And we'll build essentially a process map. And the map will contain a number of things. At a minimum, it's going to t- contain the process, the process name, the process definition, and the relationship between a process and another process. If we get a little bit more advanced, we want to talk about the processes as it relates to the human endeavors, departments, or mechanization endeavors, where the thing is in the mechanized, what system it is. So we can go into layers and layers of understanding to get more and more understanding of what we're trying to do. And eventually we'll have a full map of the processes, the data, the who, the people, the systems, the data warehouses, the data stores, whatever you want to call them, and the human beings involved. And we'll get a visualization of all that so we can optimize the whole. So we don't, it's not like a balloon that we're looking at where we squeeze one end of the balloon and something else pops up over there. We have to see the whole thing in a manner in which human beings can understand that. And then we'll look at the triggering mechanisms. We call those events that are there. And the process actions is what we refer to as the detail. What is that grimly detail that we need? And I call it grimly detail because we need it to make sure that the process is actually executed the right way. And there's a series of representations. I wish there was only one representation would give us all this information. But there's a series of representations that are out there. And in our broadcast today, I I cannot go over all of the different uh, different types of uh, diagramming techniques that we're going to be using with our business people. But each one of these has a value, and we try to keep them to a minimum. And we only present one at a time. Not because we don't think our business partners aren't smart enough to understand that, but it's because the business and the business processes are complex. And we're going to start with the most flexible and agile of the representations, which is a process ontology. And what an ontology is and a process ontology is representing the processes in your organization by likeness, likeness. Well, here's all the processes around acquiring new customers. Here's all the processes around hiring employees. Here's all the processes of developing new products. It's kinds of things together, which is the most agile of the representations we can, which varies from a process flow which says, here's the first thing we do, the second thing we do, the third thing we do, the fourth thing we do, which is already binding things together, either as an as-is state or desired state. But that's the second step. That's the binding together. That's forcing a sequence. 
and that's represented generally by a flow or a hierarchy. People get those mixed up. So think about a salad bar for a moment. A salad bar has like things together. Here's all the leafy green vegetables. Here's all the high protein uh, uh, meats. Uh, here's all the uh, 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 high carbohydrate things like that. They're group like likeness. We can talk about within the classification once again. Here's all the high carb stuff, the medium carb stuff, or the low carb stuff. Here's the high protein stuff, medium carb uh, protein stuff, low carb hard, uh, low protein stuff, and then we use those elements to build a salad. We take one of these, and then one of those, and then two of these, and six of those, and four of those. That's the flow. That's the process flow. And we have to understand the elements first, which is what we refer to as an ontology, and then we have a flow that we come from. Now, notice the agility there. Once the business and the technology folks represent the ontologies, all of this agility and flexibility can come afterwards. We can make many different types of salads using that analogy. Or we can put together many different process flows depending on the needs of what's there. But if we only have one way to build a salad, that's what we're going to have. And so we can see the power of these concepts of an ontology for understanding and for future activities also. And so that's the first representation we're going to use. And then we're going to start talking about the flows, whether it's the as-is state or the desired state. And as a technique, we strongly, underline the word strongly, suggest when we do this, we look at the desired state first because of the human condition of once we see something, it's hard to break out of that visual that we see. And so a lot of people say, well, um, we don't have much stuff about the future way that we want to do things. Well, that should be an indicator to us. Uh, maybe we shouldn't start building stuff and, and, and spending all sorts of money to be able to do this. Maybe we should step back for just a moment and figure out what those elements are. So once we have the desired state, the techniques are exactly the same. We can then look at the as-is state and guess what we have after that. We can build a roadmap to get from the as-is state to the desired state that's there. And so then we can go into, um, and not for once again, our broadcast here, unfortunately, a bit more of the nuances going on around these types of things. And just to flow, just to throw some names out there that you may be familiar with, or you may want to look at, you know, offline or, you know, email us or talk to us about these things. There's process action diagrams. There's event-driven process diagrams. There's time dependency diagrams. These, these techniques are not a maturing activities, but give different views that may be of interest or use in the organization that's there. And from that, we'll develop some visuals that a business person can take and manipulate and look at and understand. And their expertise, and we may add, of course, to that, can move from the as-is state to the desired state. Because that's the objective. And by the way, we may find out that a lot of the things that we're doing are wonderful, which is fantastic. Nothing wrong, um, you know, with that at all. In other words, hey, this is pretty good. You know, we're doing a good job here. And I believe that if you're, 
if you're positive cash flow organization and there's some some profitability at the end of the quarter or the end of the year, you're probably doing a few things correct that's out there. As I always chat about in in, in my world, uh, I hope to be correct. I'm very modest. I really am. 51% 51% of the time. Anything over that is fantastic. <laughs> when I go to 49%, I sort of have a problem, uh, you know, that's there. So we try to keep that uh, balance. And what we're going to be doing in our last episode today is talk about the four steps or four phases that we're going to be going through to understand this concept of process visualization. And the first thing we're going to do is, is determine scope. So we have an analysis boundary. In other words, what are we looking at? It, it'd be great to take on the whole world at once or the whole enterprise that's there. But perhaps um, as the approach that we like is incremental, we like a six elapsed week maximum turnaround time on anything that we're doing. Now, I understand we can't build a 100-story building in six weeks, but we're going to show enough understanding during that period of time to make sure people get what's going on and see the benefits very, very quickly. And then we'll go through what we call a discovery activity, which identifies the events and the sources of the processes. Then we'll structure this to a way that people can see these elements that are there. And then a detailing step. So as the old adage goes, we're going to peel the onion to understand more and more of what is going on in there. So in just a few uh, minutes, we'll be back and be talking about these steps that we go through to understand process visualization. You're listening to the 2020s Enterprise. This is Sam Holzman. We'll see you back here in just a couple of minutes. Is your organization in the internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book, Reaching the Pinnacle, a methodology of business understanding, technology planning, and change by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holzman brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. 
Enterprise architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. You are listening to The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at eacoe.org. That's sam at eacoe.org. Now, back to The 2020s Enterprise. Welcome back. In this episode of The 2020s Enterprise, we're talking about business process visualization, unlocking the hidden assets in your organization. And we call them hidden assets because there's lots and lots of discussion about data in an organization and things like that. But we rarely hear, which is kind of unusual, frankly, the other side of the equation, which is what do we do with that data, which is process. And so in our last segment here in this episode, we're going to be chatting about how do we go about actually looking at analyzing these processes that are out there so that we can bring some of those hidden assets out into our organization because that's what our competitive advantage is, is how we use the data. What do we do with it? What is the difference between our approach to placing an order and somebody else's placed an order? What's our approach to developing new products versus somebody else's approach? What's our approach to developing the human assets that we have in our organization versus another organization that's out there. And that's your DNA. It's the enterprise. It's the business's DNA that's out there. And those are actually enabled through business processes that are out there. It doesn't matter what the data is at this point. If we ain't got no processes, we can't do anything with it. So that's the other side. That's why we call them the hidden assets that are out there. So the first thing we're going to do is to try to bring a little bit of scoping there. And this is not a huge exercise, but how are we going to separate these pieces? We can't look at everything at once. Uh, now, if you have an enterprise architecture or business architecture and possibly have, uh, have uh, taken advantage of our enterprise or business architecture approaches, you have some natural boundaries that are out there. And these are these, as we call them, ontological groupings. Well, here's all the processes around customer acquisition. And so we can take a look at that segment that's out there. So we're going to divide and conquer. Now, we understand that there's always going to be cross-pollinization requirements that are out there. But there's so many phrases that I can use. We're going to, you know, eat the elephant one bite at a time. What a horrible phrase. We're going to take this thing into pieces that are out there through some logic. And the way that we're going to actually look at that logic is going to be look at looking at those processes that are providing the most support to the business goals we're trying to achieve. And there's been a lot of phrases talking about that. And the most common phrase is alignment. We need to align what we're doing with the business drivers. Well, that's what we're going to be doing. Now, we can use gut feel. We can use who has the most money. Uh, we can use is who's making the most noise. <laughs> we can use who called my boss yesterday. Or we can use 
what we've been trying to suggest is important, and we've been talking about this, which is looking at the priorities of what we're going to try to understand an organization by first looking at the business processes that most affect the most strategic goals in the organization. And that's what we think is a great way to look at the business processes and what order we should look at them at. And with each one of these things, this will give us sort of like a boundary that's, uh, you know, that we can start with. And, of course, it may vary a little bit. And there are going to be tentacles, of course, that essentially leach outside of that. We understand that. And when we put two things together, there may be a little bit of scrap and rework going on there. But that's just a natural approach, you know, as we work through there. So the first thing is to determine the boundaries in a logical manner because we know that there's going to be a multiple set of actions that we need to move forward. There isn't just one set of activities that are out there. And then we're going to look at discovering all of the processes within that boundary condition as best we can. And that's going to be time boxed. We're going to say we're going to spend X days, weeks, hours, whatever it is, discovering things out there using sourcing, not gut feel, not sitting around the table singing Kumbaya, drinking Cabernet, which would be more fun, but using material documents that are out there, process flows, if any of those exist, uh, procedural activities, strategic documents, whatever they are, we're going to harvest this information. In a previous episode of the 2020s Enterprise, we talked about the way that we get these projects started in anything that we do in our organization, which is not by interviewing a bunch of people, which is called top of mind understanding. And you can go to some of our episodes to get a lot of understanding about that. But we will begin as business process specialists or architects, whatever we want to call us, by sourcing back to some materials to give our business partners as what we like to call an initial understanding that's traceable to the work that they've done before. And so we'll look at these things as a series of processes that we're going to begin to analyze that's out there. Now, for each one of these processes, we need to have some discipline in order to communicate, unfortunately. So we'll have a naming convention that is as basic and as fundamental as possible, and uh, we like to use, using the English language, a verb with a plural noun object modifier. So hire employees, produce products is the name of a process. And that's the convention we're going to be using, not to beat people over the head, but to make sure that we're communicating as consistently and as cleanly as possible. Once we have that, we will have a, on purpose, a definition template that we're going to be using so that we can have a consistent understanding of what that is. And we're not going to get that definition from Webster's.com or Dictionary.com. We're going to go back to the sourcing of the enterprise understanding because that's the truth. Not some reference model that somebody built from a domain which may or may not be compatible with our organization. It's our DNA we're looking for. It is not hard to do. It takes a little bit of of digging, but the value is your DNA, 
not some generic reference that's out there that becomes a bobblehead not understanding, but getting down for your organization a a representation that is true to your organization that's there. Once we have that definition and the naming convention, we can put an ontological model together. And that's the reason for that is for human consumability. We have to understand the strengths and limitations of human minds, which are different than computer compilers. And for people that are steeped in technology, this is sometimes a little bit difficult because the phrase is, well, you don't understand. You just don't understand. Well, if if I was a customer and I heard that, here's what I would say to that person. How long have you been working here and not including tomorrow? We have to remember who the customer is. As you've noticed throughout my broadcasts, I do not use the term user. We have to get rid of that term when we're talking about the people that pay the bill. This is an inhibitor to understanding the relationship between the customer or the stakeholder, whatever you want to call them, and the person providing the services. You walk into a restaurant, you're not called a user. You're a customer. You walk into the Walt Disney Company's, Um, theme parks, you're not called a user, you're called a guest. While you walk into your business people, they are not users, they are your customer. And if they don't like what they're seeing, they don't like the meal you served, we should look at it and say, they have the right to get rid of us. Now, people say, well, they don't have any choice, they're internal, but we have to think about these things as a partner which to me isn't as strong as the word customer. We are not partners. We are what? A service group. We've got to think about that, and that's why we always emphasize the concept of human consumable. If they don't understand, it's our fault, and that's why we strive and drive to this concept of human consumability. So this concept, the second phase, as we call it, of discovery is a series of activities. And I like to just put some numbers on it so you sort of get a feel for what this is. We call it 0.7 is our representations of what we see as the business processes that we extract from various materials that we are provided by those business units. Some people call it harvesting, things like that. Once we have that, we then bring our first series of subject matter experts in and their role and responsibility and authority is to move those understandings from what we call 0.7 to 0.8, just to put a number on it so you sort of see what's going on. Because, of course, the end objective is to get to 1.0. And again, they have the right and responsibility and authority to do that. But they just can't say, well, uh, it's 42 or 58 or this is this or that because they become the source of record. And we will have that traceability that's there. And then we go to 0.9, which is our second group of second set of eyes that are there. And we always like to have that second set of eyes. And then when we're all done, we'll get to 1.0. And we call that discovery Uh, that's there. And the third step in our process is what we call structure. How do we represent this? in a way that human beings can understand it, yet it all sticks together. 
And the best rule that we can give you and the best hint that we can give you is the seven plus or minus two rule. We're not going to present anything to our business partners in more than five to nine chunks at a time. And that means us as the business process architects or analysts have to take this thing apart to make it human consumable. And that takes some talent on our part to be able to represent this in a human consumable manner. And that's what we call structuring. And each one of these things will have an understanding. And then, of course, we can put all the pieces together to make sure that as we move from one process, process flow and process action to the next, there's a continuity there. There's a continuity, you know, as we see it. And there's various techniques from the pretty basic to a bit more all-encompassing. Please notice I didn't say complex. All-encompassing that provides more and more understanding to our business partners as we see the various elements uh, going, going on there. Because you have events, you have data, you have process, you have process flow, partitioning, inputs and outputs and those types of things. We can get more and more granular you know, as we move uh, as we move forward. So the structuring is done one piece at a time, and then the whole thing is put together in a composite view for that particular area of analysis. And the last thing is detail. When I say it's off to the side, some people within the organization will require that detail. Step one, pick up your left foot. Step two, put your left foot down. Step three, pick up your right foot. Step four, put your right foot down. That level of granularity, I know that sounds simplistic as far as walking, but that's how we walk. And that type of detail is required in a lot of things that we do. It sounds very simple when we talk about walking forward, but in the processes we're doing some people in the organization, think about a computer for a moment, will require that level of detail. And there you go. You have four steps that we're going through. So this episode was about process visualization, unlocking the hidden assets in your organization. And we call them hidden assets because most of us have been talking about data for quite some time, but we have to remember that data without doing something with it, which is processing, leaves some gaps that are there. So this concept of bringing value to the organization comes through the understanding of the processes that are there. And the values that you get is the ability to understand, classify, and reuse those hidden assets in your organization to move the organization forward that's there. You've been listening to Sam Holzman. That's me. Thank you for listening. I can be reached at sam at eacoe.org, sam at eacoe.org. You've been talking with me today about process visualization, unlocking the hidden assets in your organization. Thanks for listening. Until next time, have a great day.